Ball and Play 2 presented by DraftKings is underway. Head over to our Warehouse Games channel to see all the action from Ball and Play. Get some skin in the game and download the DraftKings app right now. Don't forget to use our promo code WAREHOUSE. That's promo code WAREHOUSE only at DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours. Chess on his right. Hey, hold up. Don't start a fight. He's got you covered with all the sports. Don't fret. He's wearing shorts. It's time for Waking Jake in the morning. Waking Jake at night. Jake sucks. Hey, Bakers, what's up? What's going on, everybody? Hope you had a fantastic weekend. The first weekend of October as playoff baseball was amongst us. Among us. Kids still playing that this weekend. At least a couple series. Uh, Baseball, most of it's been decided. I I think uh, there's been a... I don't want to say lackluster, but I think the word is lackluster, that there would be, you know, two or three really big series or teams playing each other that truly mattered uh, between the NL wild card. We had some of that, but that looks like it kind of had a a sad ending. The series of the weekend in baseball, the series that had to be talked about, was the Braves and the Mets. Uh The New York Mets have run the National League East all year. It's a change of tone. It's Buck Showalter. It's Max Scherzer. You know, going back to last year, it's Lindor. uh, What Pete Alonso has come come to be on this team. Jacob deGrom has an argument to be the most dominant starting pitcher we've ever seen when he's right. Uh, And the richest owner in baseball, Steve Cohen, and the rest of their free agent and trade acquisitions, acquisitions, acquisitions even, Jake, this year as they teed off against the Atlanta Braves. And we've talked about it on here. We've talked about it on Talking Baseball elsewhere. The Braves are one of the most underrated franchises in sports. Go look at their year-over-year win-loss record uh, over the past 25, 30 years, I mean, you go back to Smoltz, Glavin, Maddox, and then, you know, Freddie Freeman and Peter Moylan, and now this team. The Braves are a really well-run organization that had a culmination last year, special year, where they won the World Series. They are also treating the sport differently as a whole with the way they're locking up young talent. Young, thick Austin Riley. Michael Harris Deuce comes out of nowhere this year. Uh, Acuna, Albies, Matt Olson. Their team is set up that they're starting to talk and think about crazy stuff down there. Yet, if the Braves and their new team could take this division from them, that would be impactful. Like We are the New York Mets. We have the richest owner. We will sign Max Scherzer when he's a free agent and give him the most money. 
It all came down to Atlanta this weekend where the Mets had to win one game uh, because if they won one game, just one, the Mets and the Braves would have been tied for the division lead. But the Mets had the tie, would have had the tiebreaker. And I keep saying would have, which means you already know what happens, and you already do know what happens. Uh, if you're listening to a, a sports show because you're a sports fan, the Braves swept them. Uh, the Mets had a lead early in each game. They pushed one across. Um, you know, and that's... I, I don't want to overstep my boundaries with that because, you know, I, I think the first game it was one nothing. You know, that was their lead into, like, the second. Uh, Freed versus DeGrom. Max Freed, one of the best pitchers in baseball. One of the best pit- lefty pitchers in baseball. Arguably the best. First Jacob DeGrom. Kyle Wright versus Max Scherzer. I I kept I keep joking on talking baseball that Kyle Wright is the 1999 Cy Young Award winner. 20 wins, low enough ERA that when wins still matter, he would have it. Versus Max Scherzer, uh, an all-time pitcher, all-time starting five rotation argument guy in Max Scherzer. Charlie Morton versus Chris Bassett. The Braves battle... They get three home runs off of DeGrom in the first game. Dansby Swanson. Uh, my guy Matt Olson, with a massive series as well. And young, thick Austin Riley. All three of those guys were struggling in September. And they had massive, massive series. The environment in Atlanta was awesome. Uh, those Braves fans were ready to go. The the lit up chop when pitchers are leaving. I realized the chop part of it that'll kind of never be cool. The lit up part was cool. The fact they turn the lights off and everyone gets their cell phone light going, that is cool. Um, and then I don't want to say the underrated part of the Atlanta Braves, but it's a part of the team you don't really get to. And it's their bullpen that was so special for them last year. Kenley Jansen, who talk about a dude that probably isn't respected properly. Um, 390 career saves. He's leading the National League in saves this year. Um... He was the Dodgers closer. And it's not like they were just a team and he was a guy. Which kind of brings me to Rysel Iglesias. You know, Rysel Iglesias is nasty. I, if I could have someone's pitch mix in baseball, I think it would be him. He's got an awesome two-seamer. He's got a perfect changeup off of it with a nasty slider. He's disgusting. And go check out his stats with the Braves. I texted Peter Moylan and I said... I don't want to say this in a rude way to Rysel Iglesias, but if I had his pitch mix, I think people would be talking about me, me, Rysel Iglesias, and Mariano Rivera as the two best closers ever. I think his stuff is that good. And he said, check out his stats on the Braves. I said, okay, Peter. Rysel Iglesias with the Braves, 27 games, 25.1 innings, a 0-3-6 ERA. So I don't know if the Braves have tapped into something else. I don't know if it's playing games that matter. 
you know, Rysel Iglesias was with Cincinnati and then Anaheim. With the Atlanta Braves, let me repeat that, a 0-3-6 ERA. He is disgusting. Uh, unhittable when he's right, and he was embarrassing. Some Mets hitters. Like I said, <sighs> Kenley Jansen. This guy we debate, should he be the closer? He's struggling. He's pitching a lot of big games, and he closed out every game this series, including seven pitches on Sunday night. And the big fella, there's just angles and body parts everywhere that makes him just a crazy uncomfortable at bat. He throws one pitch, throws a cutter. Same pitch that other guy threw. You know, that, that first unanimous Hall of Famer, Mariano Rivera, that when that pitch is right, it's a problem. And Ken Lee, I mean, it just doesn't even look like he should be on a mound. He looks like too big. Jersey, you're almost like, that's so much cloth. He's just a massive human. And the arms and legs and the timing and the cutters coming at you. I know when it gets messy with Kenley, it feels like it gets messy quick. But he also dominated and ended games along with Rysel Iglesias, along with A.J. Minter, along with Colin McHugh, along with Dylan Lee. Tyler Matzik did not pitch in this series. Uh, one of their postseason heroes from last year. Jesse Chavez did, and he was traded away for Rysel Iglesias, and then he came back. Um... Dylan Lee, young guy who got a he got a World Series start last year, and we were doing like a whole how are these guys getting playoff starts? It was an opener role, basically, but uh, Dylan Lee looked nasty out of their bullpen. Kyle Wright's had an amazing year, like I said. 1999 Cy Young winner, Kyle Wright. Max Fried is great. Charlie Morton when it matters. He's going to make it matter. And the Braves lineup in and of itself. I mean, Michael Harris, too. Go look at the stats. He's been one of the best players in baseball. Austin Riley, you know, is probably going to finish with like a top five NL MVP vote. Matt Olson, he's had a couple slides this year. Uh, but his numbers are getting back to Matt Olson. Uh, he's trending the right direction, if you'd like to say it that way. And how about Dansby Swanson? Uh, I think Heath was on slump watch coming into this series. Or last week. He's an upcoming free agent. There's a lot of different ways to dice up Dansby Swanson's stats. Um, you a war person? He's at 5.6 war. He's going to be around a 6 war season for Dansby Swanson. A shortstop. 28 years old, heading into free agency. That's big-time stuff. Uh, 25 homers, also big-time stuff. 96 RBI, yep. A 778 OPS. You go, okay, this year that's actually pretty good. It's a 116 OPS+. plus. <laughs> last year he had similar stats, but last year was such a hitting year by the end that he had 27 homers and a 760 OPS, and that was an OPS plus of 99, slightly below league average. I looked at some of his throwing numbers, and you're saying, that's weird, Jake. Why the hell would you do that? 
His arm strength for shortstop ranks really low. And with upcoming free agency, there was a guy who was of similar throwing ilk, Trevor Story, who was forced to play second base next year. So I asked Peter Moylan, Peter Moylan, who's been on Wake and Jake, I was like, is Dansby going to have to go to second base soon? Like, is the arm strength a thing? He said, not at all. He's not thinking about that for his next contract. Dansby made a couple unbelievable plays. Uh, One that was right before a Mets two-out rally that would have made it a lot different, and Mets could have put up a crooked number. He made a play, the leadoff hitter, Brandon Nimmo. The Mets, their season on the line, and here comes the top of their lineup. Brandon Nimmo gives Ken Lee this, the best at bat that inning. He hits a hard ball, 105 to shortstop. It takes a wicked hop. Not a lot of shortstops would have stayed with it. It kind of hits Dansby in the chest. He somehow gets a grip on it, fires, gets Nimmo out. If that ball, if there's one more bobble, Brandon Nimmo is safe, and you're talking about Lindor McNeil Alonzo. Runner on first, tying run at the plate, season on the line, a season that's been so important to the Mets franchise, to the upcoming couple years of the Mets. And Kenley Jansen, his third day in a row pitching. Teams don't normally do that, but that's how big this series was. Could have changed everything. Dansby homered off of DeGrom, Scherzer, and Bassett. He's an upcoming free agent. I don't know where he's going to go. Some team is going to throw the bag at him. It's going to be interesting. There's a little bit of Marcus Simeon in here. Like his career stats, he's an, he's an OPS plus of 95. So, you know, how, how well does that bode for the next couple years? I don't know. He's been, he's been really good the last three years. Also, I, you know, his numbers get held down by his first couple years in the league where his hitting has clearly taken a leap. A team is going to throw the bag at him, and depending what he does this postseason and what he just did this last weekend, a team is going to talk themselves into Dansby Swanson um, and locking up their shortstop position at least for the next four years with maybe a slide to second or something like that. But he is a special ball player, and Peter Moylan, more credit to him. He did baseball today on Friday before this series. And Trevor Plouffe asked him, game on the line, who would you want up for the Atlanta Braves? And a reminder, Austin Riley, easily the best full hitting season for this team. Michael Harris, too, has done unreal stuff for a young ball player. Ronald Acuna Jr., if you're ranking people on pure talent-wise on the Braves, he's probably one. Matt Olson, date my daughter, I trust him. Peter Moylan said with confidence, Dansby Swanson. And I think he was proven right this weekend. Um, The Braves sweep him. The other side of this is the New York Metropolitans. And my goodness, uh, your heart has to sink. I I know I was letting some tweets rip that, I mean, we're just honest tweets. I'd, I'd say them about any team. It is pretty Metsy, right? I mean, this weekend you had to win one game. Division rival. Don't get me wrong, the Braves are an awesome team. Awesome team. 
I I think if I had to power rank power rank National League teams, the Braves would be my number one. I would go Braves, Dodgers, Mets. I think I'm gonna rethink that over the next couple days. The Mets, it's just got to be hurting you. It's got to be hurting you. Nothing I'm nothing I'm saying there is eye opening. They're missing Starling Marte. They're missing Starling Marte. Um, I think there were parts of the Mets that got exploited a little bit. You know, we saw them. They called up Francisco Alvarez before this series to be their lefty masher. To be getting his first at-bats in this situation is brutal. Brutal. And the broadcast was being tough on him because he's a big swing. He swings a lot. He's not an OBP guy. Which, at the MLB level, it's hard to hang around if you're one of those guys. Because pitchers can't exploit that. He had a couple good at-bats, but at the end of the day, he ended up getting exploited. I saw Mark Vientos, another big prospect for them, 22 years old. He was their pinch hitter in a couple big spots. Um, you know, if they had Starling Marte or Darren or Darren Ruff uh, wasn't hurt and had been achieving, you know, you wonder what those at-bats look like in different spots. They got to DeGrom, Scherzer, and Bassett enough That I don't know. Uh, you know, if you're the Mets, you go back home, you're playing Washington. Unless they sweep and the Braves get swept, they're going to the wild card. So let me tell you, the Mets are going to the wild card. You're going to have three games at home. You're going to have three games at home, probably versus the Padres. Or a good team. I think the Mets are better. I do think the Padres match up generally well with the Mets. You know, the Mets' strength is high-end starting pitching in the top of their lineup with Edwin Diaz in the back. I mean, the Padres, Darvish, Snell, Musgrove, Josh Hader at the end of their bullpen, and it's Soto and Machado. I mean, you know, Profar's had a really nice year. Same with Crone, Drury, and Bell. But I, I think you could do that with, you know, some of the Mets guys, too. Eddie Escobar has been really hot lately. You know, is that is that a Brandon Drury? I have no idea. In a three-game set, nobody has an idea. Because you can hit three-line drives right at the center fielder, and you're 0 for 3, and someone with two broken bat singles was 2 for 3. You know? Expected stats matter less. Lest. Hard T on the end there. Um, if you're the Mets, you can still salvage this. You get three games in City. That was what I was asking myself this morning, is if if though, if these three games had been in City Field, do I think there would have been a different result? I think so. I mean, a raucous environment. DeGrom, Scherzer, Bassett at home. That's not how the schedule played out. Um, and that's... That's nobody's business, unfortunately. So if you're the Mets, you've got San Diego that's kind of been drifting for a while. We haven't been doing much Padres talk. Unless there's some funny business with them and the Phillies, they're going to be playing the Padres, even if you're playing the Phillies. like You know that team, and you got to be better than that team. Although, high-end starting pitching. Bryce Harper against the Mets. I don't... I don't think you'd want that smoke. I don't think you're going to get that smoke. Um, it, the math has Mets, Padres. Uh, I was talking with, 
with Jolly Olive. They're recording mm. a, a new Shea yeah. Station. Should should be a good listen, whether you like the Mets or not. I think. Um, you were saying like, I, I definitely would prefer the Phillies as long as we win. Otherwise, it's the most heartbreaking thing. And you know, just when it comes to neither matchup they can get, like they, neither are pleasant. No. They're saying the same thing about if they get the Mets. But yeah, the National League is stacked. There's there's really... All, all these teams, good top-end talent. These three teams that we're talking about, Mets, Padres, Phillies, top-end talent. Even depth the, you trust, high-end starting pitching. The, fit, the National League, the storyline for a little bit is there's going to be one good team that misses the playoffs, and it's looking like it's going to be the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, by the way, all of this brought to you by DraftKings. DraftKings Sportsbook, they're the official sports betting partner of the NFL, and they still got the MLB bets going. I told you guys the other day, I looked in my account, I had a little extra coin. Pirates under, cashed. Yankees over, cashed. St. Louis to make the playoffs and to win the division. Cash, cash. Um, and if you want to get into the football, which we're doing our JM League, you could bet $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. They also have their same gay parlays. Last night was a layup. Oh, my God. Why was Tampa favored over Kansas City? I'll never know. <laughs> Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code JOHNBOY to get $200 in free bets. If your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game, that's code JOHNBOY only at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Do you know how deep we are in BBD? 21 minutes. Perfect. Um, the Milwaukee Brewers are looking like they're going to miss out on the playoffs. Um, man, that hater trade at the deadline, it seemed off at the time, and now they are two games out with Philly with the tiebreaker. They're done. Um, they're done. Philly's got to win a game. Milwaukee would have to win all of their games. It's, it's pretty much done. Um... And the story in the American League has kind of been the opposite. It's kind of been like the Rays haven't felt right all year. Like the, the AL Central f- feels mid. Um, and there hasn't been even another team really approaching the wild card in a while since the White Sox were still thought that maybe they could kick into gear. Um, in the National League, Mets, you just made it so much tougher for yourselves. But I said this before, and I'm not going to walk away from it now. Take care of the Padres. <clears throat> Two or three games, I don't care. It's in city. You still have DeGrom, Scherzer, and Bassett. That's been the whole thing, right? You take care of that. And then you face the Dodgers, who are incredible. You know, they're, they set Dodgers records this year. Their lineup is unreal. But if you talk about potential matchup and what everyone's fear is with the Dodgers, yes, their starting pitcher is good. Urias, Kershaw, and then we'll see if Gonsolin is back. Tyler Anderson has been really good. Name power-wise for starting pitchers, it's a different level. And if you can buck a series, you know, if you could split those first two in L.A. and then you have Scherzer and DeGrom lined up, Five games set, you're back in city. The formula is still there. 
I, for Mets fans, am more scared about the Padres series because what has a chance to be Metsy? Losing the division and then being in the wild card and then losing the wild card at home? That feels Metsy. If you can win that wild card at home and then you just got to steal one baseball game to try to flip the script and have a chance in city with maybe the two people that are supposed to make your team special going, I, I would lean into that a little bit. Let's get past San Diego. Let's get past San Diego. Um, I did feel bad when, again, in the prior conversation I had with Jolly when he was, because I hadn't thought about this for the Mets. I'm not a Mets fan. Hmm. But he, we were sitting there and he's like, man, now we got to play the Dodgers if we get past them. It's like, oh, man. You made the difference there tough. You were the two seed with the bye, waiting to welcome your opponent. And now, uh, yeah, it just, it changes everything. And it, can it, can it look as bad as possible? Yes. Padres come in, they do their work. I mean, Snell's been lights out, Darvish, and you're sitting there and, oh my God, it's a disaster. It could. You win that series, if they win their wild card, I'm probably taking them over the Dodgers. I believe in the, in the Mets and the Braves as the two best teams in the National League. No, I don't. That's a lie. I think they are, they are at the same level as the Dodgers. I, think, I mean, looking at it now, look at Mets, Braves, Phillies. They're all going to make the dance. I think they're good teams. Padres are a good team. They have been missing their best player. I think if the Padres had their best player, we'd be talking about them in a different light. The Giants stunk this year. My snakes are pesky, but they're my snakes. The Rocks are the Rocks. I think the Dodgers are just as good as the Braves and the Mets, and I think in a playoff series, anything can happen. And when anything can happen... I know the Mets had to win one game in Atlanta this weekend, and they did not. And it was a disaster. But if you can get to L.A. and win one game, you have a real chance to get locked up with the Braves again, which, I mean, sign me up for that twice on Tuesdays because that would be intense. The Mets with the fuel from that, from this regular season series and the whole year, and what Mets-Braves is, like, it's a real rivalry. I mean, it's very much a big brother and a little brother, but it's good stuff. Um, honestly, that was the big storyline around baseball. Uh, Judge is still doing the home run race. He got walked a little too much for our liking. Come on, Orioles. He's going to Texas, and I was just texting Taylor Hearn. Mm. Um, and uh, I said... I need you fellas throwing strikes. He said, LOL, who wouldn't throw strikes? I said, most of the Orioles. <laughs> he said, if I, if, I gave, if I get him, I'm going to throw four straight balls and look at the camera and wink at you. And I said, you better not, Hunch. He said, okay, <laughs> I'm going to take it to 3-2. So I said, 39 pitches Friday, you're ready to go. He said, easily ready to go. So... I don't know. Aaron Judge is tied with 61. I, 
it's a conversation nobody's really had yet, and let's not. But he's kind of got to get to 62. Otherwise, 61 is still 61, and I don't know. From with, with how much time he had left after 60, 61 feels so mid. Yeah, it's just not... We're not even... We're not going to talk about it. He's going to hit one in Texas. That's going to be sweet. Uh, update. Uh, me, Joe's, are officially full-blown friends with Aaron Judge's wife, Sam. Saw her at Friday's game. We gave her a wave, very much a passing by wave. She got out of way, came over, gave us a hug. Wow. Me and Joe's were like, we stopped she, breathing. We were like... She's hugged Aaron Judge. Imagine if we were like kids and you saw someone hug like Jeter's girlfriend or wife like it's the same same shit so um talking baseball coming up with trev myself and bbd uh as we dive in more into the playoff situations and what what it's looking like i'm sure we'll be doing some of that on wake and jake uh but for now let's talk football uh because it was a big football weekend it was a fun football weekend and per usual we are a cron pod, and it started Thursday with Dolphins Bengals. Yeah, how about that? How long ago does that feel now? <laughs> the Tua stuff was ugly. BBD, I'll, I'll actually, I'm going to kick to you early because I heard about how bad it was, and then I didn't want to click. Like but the we had twitching, and we had like this injury. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the story coming into the week is that, like, yeah, they let him play through a concussion last right. week because he was so clearly concussed. And then it was, you know, not not to brag, I used to work in, like, emergency medicine. Right. Uh, like, I usually don't get, like, like I, I've watched the Kevin Ware video more than just that day. Not, mm. Like, it, it pops up sometimes, and I'm like, right. I don't, like, ooh, got to get away. Like, that was, like, one of the harder sports injury videos I've watched because he just... He's all like you it's the classic like this is a this is really bad it ends like this. Mm. Like Should I watch it right now? Yeah. Uh all right, I'm gonna watch it now. I'm I'm really grateful I didn't I got home from a wedding like right when that happened, so I didn't see the live coverage or I think the broadcast crew kept showing it and a lot of tweets about stop ah, showing it. Yep, okay. Uh, yeah, his hand is, like, clenched up that he's, like, not in control of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that sucks and is very scary, uh, and I hate that for Tua, and I, I know someone's already been fired over it, and I, I hope that doesn't become what the Dolphins season was about, because, you know, even though the Dolphins lose this game, Bengals back to 2-2, two and two. they're looking better. Uh, you know, this <laughs> Dolphins team that was 3-0 and oh and beat the Ravens, the Bills, who teed off this weekend, um... Bengals seemingly to be back in flow. It looked like they were having a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover. They were also having a little bit of a preseason hangover. They they openly admitted they they like didn't take the preseason seriously. Burrow didn't play at all. Uh, looks like they're back in line. And yeah, the Dolphins. I don't know. Let's see what goes on with Tua. Uh, feel awful for the guy because I I think even having the public. I don't want to say knowing this but just that people will playing pro quarterback is so hard there's 
20 guys in the world that are good at it. There's 10 guys in the world that are actually good at it, right? And Tua is, you know, trying to find his way into either one of those mixes, uh, which I was open to. I, I feel like I hadn't seen. I leaned into this, and I I do it partially as a joke, but partially believe it. I think, what? how come there are no good lefty quarterbacks? That's just really weird to me. They're not, like, one? Yeah. Like, like there, shouldn't there always be one? Like, if pitchers, there's always... Like, the stud lefty. I don't know. It just... Like, it, like, historically, there has been one, but I remember, like, it being a thing that Tua was back was in the league, and we are like, oh, there's a lefty QB again, because there weren't even, like, backups. It's on a personal level. I acknowledge it's dumb. I just think it's bizarre, and that there's more to it that there's no lefty QBs in the NFL. Anyways, Tua had been playing well. They actually... Um, Miami took the lead in this game. They went up 15 to 14, and I was like, damn, these these Dolphins are going to make me look bad again. Uh, Tua goes out. Steady Teddy Bridgewater comes in. My guy, not enough to get it done. Bengals win, and yeah, the uh, I hate that it's going to be out there for Tua. I think people are going to, and maybe it is, and that's that would be really sad, but I think Tua can make any generic mistake, and now people are going to be like, oh, head... How's your head, Tua? And, like, don't don't be that person. Um, I will say, Tua is undersized. And when we talk about Kyler and kind of this future of quarterbacks, that quarterbacks have gotten smaller and more diminutive, there is much more of an injury risk, like, factor going on. Like, look at the behemoth that Josh Allen is. You know, when he gets hit compared to Kyler Murray... It's it's just different body types, um, and it wears on you. I mean, look at why is Cam Newton still not an elite NFL player? Like his body got worn down. Uh, why are there no like real running backs who are good over the age of thirty? Like your body gets worn down. So interested to see the next steps with Tua and the Dolphins. They get their first loss, and more so, like just root for Tua uh, to be okay. Because uh, that's some scary stuff. I didn't like watching that. Um, hey, trainers in NFL, don't let guys play if their head is when hurt. When they're so clearly. I think we I think we already, I thought we already did that. Like Will, I know. Will I know Smith did the movie. I know there's a lot of, like it, it is a, it's like a much stricter protocol than it used to be, but it's existed for long enough that guys know what to say to get back in because players want to play and they got to figure out how to make that not happen. Yeah, you just have to be at the point where you can't have couch couch experts being able to be like, wait, that isn't happen. that the same guy who just had his bell rung and now... Um, all right, so that was Thursday. Entertaining game. I technically was right because I said I wasn't buying Bengals. Or I wasn't buying Dolphins yet. And Bengals looked me look okay for a little bit. You can make yourself look okay at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Uh, I had a slow Sunday, and then I had a big Sunday late because I still have no idea why the Chiefs were favored. Or, excuse me, why the Bucks were favored over the Chiefs. Uh... You can bet $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. The same game parlays. You know what I did? You know what a teaser is, BBD? Teaser. So, you take two bets. 
Sometimes they line them up for you. I, I did it on my own. But the NFL does teasers where you get a certain amount of points. You get seven points in either direction with the spread and the over-under. And basically, it's like a soft parlay that comes out to even odds. So I was able to lower the over-under in yesterday's game, I think was 48. So I lowered the over-under to 40 and took the over on that. And then the Bucks or the, the Bucks were favored by two. So I changed that to uh, the Chiefs plus eight and a half. So my parlay, in theory, was Chiefs plus eight and a half and over 40. I was done at halftime. Hmm. That was a sweet one. It doesn't always work out that way, obviously. But DraftKings makes it so easy to do bets like that or any other bets you're looking for. Pick guys to score a touchdown if you think you're in on that. I was going to say, we had our like formula we fell into last year that we liked where it was you know, drop, drop the QB, take their over on like minimum yards, right. pick a guy you believe in to score a touchdown and kind of pick a winner or a spread you like and... You can rack up a real number if, if, if you got the hunch. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code JOMBOY. You'll get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code JOMBOY, only at the DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Um, let's go through Sunday, which started early, and it started across the pond as the Vikings played... The Saints, uh, Kirk Cousins and Andy Dalton facing off in London again. Insert joke here. Um, kind of an ugly game by the end of it. The Vikings seemed to be dominating it. The Saints were in it, and you're looking at Kirky and Dalton and what's going to go on here. Uh, the Vikings do enough to win, and it's so funny, and it's such American-slash-British BS but the broadcast harps on it, and it's true how much they love the kicking side of football over there. Uh, it's ridiculous. Uh, and we also love it here, especially when the goalpost gets involved and it ends with a double doink. Pretty unreal. Um, the Saints might be bad. I think that's that's one of the takeaways from this game. With, with Sean Payton and Drew Brees, for years you just kind of count in the Saints as being a good football team. They might be bad this year. I mean, you know, Dalton, Jameis when he comes back, and Taysom Hill at your quarterback position. Kamara didn't make the trip, so, you know, missing him is obviously a monster blow. He's a stud. Michael Thomas is hurt again, which just seems to be tradition at this point. Saints might be bad, and the Vikings, who, again, was a lot of people's darlings come into the season... Their only loss now is to the Eagles, who is also everyone's darling coming into the season. Um, that the Vikings, they now host the Bears next week, and then they'll be at the Dolphins. So let's see where the Finns are at by then. But Vikings and their hot, tall coach, uh, they win in London. Good for them. Oh, also people thought this game could end in a tie, which would have been funny because that's what Dalton and Cousins did last time. A lot of jokes there. Justin Jefferson, massive, massive day. Falcons-Browns, no thanks, really. Falcons beat the Browns. Uh, Nick Chubb is awesome. Um, he's, he's one of my, if not my favorite, running back to watch. Falcons, they win. They bookend this. 10 points in the first quarter, 13 in the fourth. Um, <sighs> Brownies, what are you doing? Brissett, 
Not a pretty stat line. Mariota, 7 for 19. Zero touchdowns and a pick. That's his stat line. Uh, they were just running it with uh, Algier and Huntley. So, yeah, no, I, sh- I should have just said no and moved on. Atlanta wins at home. Both these teams are 2-2. Two and two. Both these teams are so bleh. If your team lost to them, you'd be sad. Um, at least for now with the Browns. Cowboys, they go to 3-1. and one. They beat the Commanders, who stink. Fair enough. Um, Cooper Rush uh, does enough. 15 for 27, 223, two touchdowns. CD Lamb with a big game. Um, we like that. I, I was curious to see if the Commanders were going to make this a game. I mean, Cooper Rush, when there's more tape on a quarterback, you know, it feels like defensives can catch up on them. Um, Zeke. Uh, had a couple nice catches in this game. The rushing yards aren't there. Uh, Michael Gallup came back for the Cowboys. He had a touchdown. This is a nice win for the Cowboys. I know it sounds dumb. I know it's NFC East and the Commanders do stink, and that's what I said. I mean, Wentz, bad. Um, John Dotson's a stud, but that's about it. They took care of their business, which is important, and it wasn't close. They commanded the game. It was over. They won. That's important in the NFL because if you put yourself in too many too many pickles, you end up having a bad time. And they're doing this without Dak. Like, think about that. How many teams lose their quarterback and, and can still rack up some wins? Good for the Cowboys. How about them? Seahawks, Lions. The Lions will always give you the most fun game of the weekend. I took them as my lock. I thought this was going to be the Lions announcing themselves and saying like, hey, We're the real Detroit Lions. Like, we're not going to go down a bunch of points and then do a big dramatic comeback but come up just short. And boy, was I wrong because that's exactly what they did. That's exactly what they did. Uh, It's unreal what this the holes this team puts themselves in. And then they fight back. But the Seahawks and Geno Smith, who's lighting it up, is the Lions. I think their defense is awful. Um, 320 yards, two touchdowns, zero picks. Rashad Penny for a buck 51 and two touchdowns on the ground. Jamal Williams ran for 108. TJ Hawkinson, how's your tight end? Eight for 179. DK Metcalf, seven for 149. Looks like a Madden game by the end of it. 48-45 final. Seahawks win in Detroit. Detroit, just stop putting yourself in these massive holes and you can win these games. And maybe it's more their defense than we give credit to. Uh, Seattle puts up double-digit points in each quarter. 14-10, 14-10. It's a really bad formula. A really bad formula. Speaking of really bad formulas, the Colts digging holes. Your best player and what your team is supposed to be built around is Jonathan Taylor. In every game, you're down seemingly 21-0. This time to the Tennessee Titans. Titans were 0-2, facing the Raiders, two-point conversion to tie it up. No good. They win that game, and then they go up big on the Colts. They start to blow it, and it's like, are the Colts, do they have some comeback formula in them this year that's fun? No, they do not. Uh, They are just such a disappointment and tough to watch. Just brutal, some of the mistakes and, and things they're doing on the offensive side of the ball. King Henry got loose in this game. 22 carries, 114, one touchdown. Titans are back to 500. Their division is so sloppy that it, I, 
was ready to write them off, and it's like, no. like Sometimes your division matters, and I think the Titans still may be the class of that division, which is a little gross. Speaking of a little gross but good, BBD's New York Giants, they beat the Chicago Bears. Saquon Barkley looking like we thought Saquon Barkley could look on the NFL level, uh, and even some I don't want to say comedy, maybe some moments of levity in this game as Daniel Jones goes out with an ankle ankle thing. Okay, Tyrod Taylor comes in. He goes out. We got the Giants running some Saquon at quarterback. How about that? Um, Some wildcat from the boys. The New York Giants win. They are 3-1. The Bears are somehow 2-2, which is insane on its own own level for what they're putting out there. I mean, this is just hideous. Justin Fields and Daniel Jones, their stat lines, uh, leading res- receiver for the Giants in this game was Daniel Bellinger, followed by Tanner Hudson. I don't know. any Anything on your Giants, BBD? Uh, both tight ends. Fun. Uh, I'm a sucker for a good tight end. Mm. Um, yeah. Just good win, Saquon. The numbers are starting to get to a really fun place yeah. in the early going. Did a did the first like look at like fantasy wise where he's at, and he's like top four running back, depending on how your league does scoring. Um, so yeah, that is the biggest bright spot. Although then you get into some big picture conversation, like well, he needs a contract, and right. so that's I kind of don't want to even think about. That's an off season thought, but hey, three and one's three and one. It's a bright spot for now, and the Giants are three and one. Giants um, are three and one. Big bright spot. There's things to watch for, like Brian Dable a lot. And this game is one they like same formula. They lose every time the last five years. That's so. fair. If the Giants are normally they in a game like this, on. you expect it to end up as a loss. They win. Even um, against the Bears. Yeah. Like, yeah. They have some good things going on, too, but. Ugly football in the Meadowlands. Um, Eagles, Jaguars. This was one of the <laughs> fun in the first uh, hit the alarm games this weekend because the Jaguars went up 14 nothing. After they had just won against the Chargers last week in dominant fashion. Okay. Eagles get punched in the mouth, and they punch back. Uh, they score the next 20. They take a lead into the half. They end up winning 29-21. to 21. Uh, My guy Trevor Lawrence, as we're still getting some learning and growing pains out of him. Four fumbles in this game. You can't do that. You can't do that. Um, Miles Sanders, Eagles fans, and Miles Sanders, that's a funny relationship. Even fantasy football owners and Miles Sanders. 27 carries, 134, two touchdowns on the ground. Hurts has his first kind of blah game. Bounces back a little bit, and the Eagles are 4-0. And they were down 14-0, and they come back and win. So that's impressive in its own right, um, you know, a lot of people were trying to get their jabs in on the Eagles when they were down 14 nothing to, to Jacksonville. And this is still a win for Jacksonville. I, I know diehard Jags fans probably don't want to hear that. Um, but, yeah, they host the Texans at home last, next week, the last winless team in the NFL. Um, 0-3-1 for the Texans. It's, it ends up being a win both ways. 
the Eagles get to say they have comeback juice in them. Uh, the Jaguars get to say we gave the Eagles a good punch. Eagles are undefeated, man. 4-0. Uh, continue to look good after an awful, awful first quarter. The New York Jets. Another accidental winning bet for me this weekend. I said, I don't know. I, I think the Steelers are just bad, and if Zach Wilson has anything, they can win this game. Um, and it got scary for a while because the Jets were up. Things are clicking. It's 10-3 to 3 at halftime. Who comes out but Kenny Pickett? The top draft pick for the Steelers. First round, the pit guy. He comes in. He QB sneaks a fourth and one on their own side of the field in his first drive. A little scary. He gets it. The momentum starts coming. They put up some points. They take the lead. Uh, they go up. I want to make sure I have it right, but they went up um, 20 to 10. And so if you're the Jets, your offense, you know, you're the Jets and you're Zach Wilson, your offense hasn't been clicking for a while now. Your possessions have gone punt, punt, interception, punt, interception, punt, and you're down 10 points now? Scary. Scary. They do, they have a big drive, 11 plays, 81 yards, interception, another 10 plays, 65 yards, they could have got the field goal to tie it and gone into overtime. They get the touchdown. They punch it in. And the Jets win. They are 2-2. Two and two. Zach Wilson with an end-of-the-game actual quarterback performance. Salah gets another win. Their touchdown early was the uh, the Philly Philly, the Philly special. Uh, Barrios 2, uh, Zach Wilson. Steelers are bad. I, there's no other way to slice it. Kenny Pickett's... Uh, 10 for 13 for 120. You say, that's good. Three incompletions. All three incompletions are interceptions. So sort of zero incompletions. In a way. Ball didn't touch the ground. That's what they talk about at football practice. Every ball he threw got caught. That's what they talk about at football practice. Uh, Chargers beat the Texans. That's a good team, bad team. There's really no analysis there. Chargers are up to 2-2. Two and two. Herbert still fighting while he's hurt. Uh, the final game from the morning slate, or 1 p.m. slate, I should say. Bills-Ravens, I, I think two of the best teams in the AFC. Ravens were dominating again. Uh, they're up big. They're up 20-3. to three. And it's like, wow, are they going to run away from the Bills? Are the Bills going to come back? How does this play out? Are they just going to keep going shot for shot? The Ravens do not score in the second half. Some questionable coaching decisions and, and plays by Lamar. Meanwhile, the Bills and Josh Allen, they stick with it. They run out the clock at the end. They had a situation where they could have scored the touchdown and given the ball back. Instead, they just sh they just sit on it. That could have been ugly. They just sit on it, kick the field goal, and they win. Bills are still obviously the class, and the Ravens, it's just weird. They've blown a couple big leads now. And what's that about? A team that's so good at running the ball, uh, you'd think they'd be able to start taking the air out of it. I'm not worried. I, I think Harbaugh's a good coach, and I think that the Ravens have done enough to kind of win these games. They have some questions defensively. I wonder if we see, I know the NFL trade deadline 
isn't really a thing, but I wonder if they add some secondary help, something like that. Uh, mark that down as a little shaky, no inside information, but a little hunch on something. Um, Bills are really good. So are the Ravens. Huge win. Uh, that's going to end up looking like a good win for the Bills in Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore, what is he doing, baby? You're not about that life. The afternoon slate, my Broncos. Yeah. All of this adds up, right? Um, they get beat by the Raiders, 32-23. to 23. Um, The offense looked a little better for the Broncos, only because it had to. I'm not saying that in a good way. Is Again, that kind of had to. The Raiders, desperate for a win, desperate to keep their se- season alive in any fashion and at home. Even though it was a great Broncos crowd, it's not a great Broncos team, unfortunately. So... I don't know. I I'm so unexcited about this team, which stinks because I was so excited about this team. Um, just picturing Hackett and Russ as the leadership voices on that team. It's not a winning formula. It literally it can't be. I w- I wouldn't listen to those two guys. Like they've both become memes of themselves. So that's where I'm at. Um, Good for the Raiders, but I think they have the Chiefs next week, so I don't know what it really means for them. Um, Cardinals-Panthers. Panthers, Panthers stinky. I think they're going to go down as one of the NFL's worst teams this year. I think Matt Rule may be the first coach fired this year. Cardinals, good on them. You win an an East Coast game. I I challenged you a little bit, and I said if if you want to be the version of the Cardinals, you got to be, you got to be. These Panthers, and they did. They're two and two. Um, you know, Panthers had a lead in this game. It was ten to three at the half. Cardinals, big second half. They get the win. They're a much more talented team than the Panthers. Uh, but hey, it's on the road. NFL West Coast team coming east. Good on them. Still not buying Cardinal stock. If anything, I'm selling anything Panther and, and Cardinal. This one came out of left field. Packers Patriots. Uh, big spread in this game. Packers train seems like it's leaving the station. Hoyer show, and we even get Bailey Zapp, the young QB out of Western Kentucky, uh, the fourth-round draft pick in 2022. And you're going, okay, Rodgers in Lambeau. There's no way, right? We're going to overtime? 24-24, New England, Green Bay, Green Bay's putting. Not buying, you're selling, Pop. Green Bay ends up getting the win, and they give big fist pumps, and, you know, it's not, it's never easy to win an NFL game, and you do all that stuff to you. Little weird one here, I mean, you know, Romeo Dubes with the big mistake, and we've got these young receivers that Rodgers and, and the crew has to coach up on the fly. I don't know. I mean, they still won, and they're still their product is much better than that first game, and they're 3-0 and since then. The Packers are going to be the Packers and be around. You're the Patriots. I guess you're going to see some zap and, and see what it's all about, but I don't know. They Who do they have coming up? Are they going to run into some wins? They have the Lions at home, so they'll probably win that in a great game. And then they're going at Cleveland, and then they play the Bears and the Jets, so you actually... You could see the Patriots rack up some wins, and we'll do that Patriots like, ah, oh, I don't, they're kind of, are the Patriots, Belichick? 
is this kid? I'm going to try to not get roped into it because I don't think they're a good team. And then it is capped off. Chiefs, Buccaneers, Brady gets his guys back. He gets Mike Evans back. He gets Julio Jones back. He gets Chris Godwin back. I think there's a lineman who came back. They really need some wins. Uh, They don't... Well, any team really needs some wins at this point in the season. A win over the Chiefs goes a long way. Yeah, at home versus the Chiefs, it was kind of like the the Bucs are going to get the ship back going straight and be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady and all that. The Chiefs, having lost to the Colts, I, again, was shocked that the Bucs were favored in this game with how poorly they've looked, injuries or not. Kansas City goes up big early. Uh, they roll. They look so good. Travis Kelsey, I said maybe there was a chance. You know, everyone was wondering what this team would look without Tyreek Hill. My bigger concern was without Tyreek Hill, I think they could figure out and be fine. There's actually that counter argument that it's like, well, he's actually going to be looking at more receivers, blah, blah, blah. And there's some of that going on. I thought at some point Travis Kelsey has to decline. Uh, he's 32 now. He's a big tight end. I think everyone has the image of Gronk in their head and how... You know, quickly it kind of fell off for Gronk. Kelsey's still dominant and nasty, man. Um, He is an absolute weapon. Andy Reid is a freak show and so funny. I mean, they had a backup tight end QB sneak on the goal line. Um, Bucks just ran into a better team uh, for right now. Maybe the Bucks get in more rhythm as guys are getting healthy and getting back. And Tom Brady, and hey, I think a 10-point loss to the Chiefs ends up not looking you know, super awful. Mahomes goes Superman for one play, and that was cool. Everyone likes that. Flicks it up in the air to Hilaire. Uh, the Chiefs are really good. I'm back on buying all the Chiefs Kool-Aid. They, I think last year they learned their weaknesses. We get excited. Media, fans, people get excited when you lose a player like Tyree Kill. You're like, whoa, Tyree Kill. I mean, how much did he... They retooled their whole O-line, and that probably means a lot more than losing Tyree Kill. Um, but... A lot, of, a lot of fantasy players and, and outside football people. I don't think you normally care. They are hosting the Bills in two weeks. I mean, start circling that one now. The Chiefs, that is. Bucks, you're going to be fine. I think the product is looking better. 0-2 at home. That won't continue. Falcons, Steelers, Panthers. If I could bet the Bucks to win their next three games, I would. I would. So... Rams Niners tonight. If you remember, the Niners own McVeigh. Shanahan owns McVeigh. Uh, so if this gets to you before gambling time, just remember that. Whether you want to buck the trend or not buck the trend, um, interesting tonight, and hope it lets you win your fantasy league. That's the football round the horn. Um, I think I could do a quick comment of the day. I had it up. I lost it in there. Roman. Um, Last last time we talked NFL weekend preview and we were talking about Mets and Braves seasons on the line. Um, man, my guy CJ Cable was in there a bunch of times leaving comments, uh, and he was a throwback, especially when Ian Happ was in here. Uh, the Cubs, they're playing good baseball for a team, for a bad team right now. A, lo- I'm, a lot of credit to Rossi and how that feels. Also, Chicago Cubs fans are some of the best in the sports, man. That that ballpark was uh, was having a good time. Um, Matthew Nauer didn't really talk any college football this weekend. Didn't really get into it. Sorry, but he said UCLA is five and zero. 
Their highlights are awesome. They're an electric watch. Okay. I'll top onto that. And then, of course, CJ in the comments. Chop on. Um, yeah. Man, Braves fans were talking that talk, and they walked that walk, and why wouldn't they? Because they are the big brother. Um, oh, and by the way, Sam Emily decided to partake in Jake's bet of the day last week and won. One last, this Friday, too. On a heater, me and Kevin are just locking it up. Uh, and a lot of compliments on my fit, because that was my Oswaldo Cabrera necklace, jean jacket, hot boy summer. So thank you guys for baking the algorithm. I know we have the new format on the YouTubes, and we're still messing with that. Same on the potty pods. Uh, but appreciate you guys as we mess around with it. And we're about to get into crazy season. Playoff season sneaking up. Um, maybe we'll have some a full-blown playoff preview or something like that. We'll also have that on Talking Baseball and everywhere else. I don't think we're broing tonight. Bro is BBD. Wearing a nice hat. It's just his hair. TJ Hawkinson, a lot of fans. Yeah, fans. Iowa. Stud. We've been waiting for the kind of the next tight end. He, he looks like he could be it. Um... <clears throat> People, enjoy your week. Enjoy everything on John Boy Media. Uh, if you want Yankee stuff, it's a lot of playoff roster talk. Yank talking Yanks, pinstripe strong. Shea Station, if you want to drink some tears or hear some fears or whatever else you want. John Boy Jake TV, something a little new for you today. Sorry, our GeoGuessr crew, but I think we got some Guess Who back at it. It's really funny, me and Jim. Talking baseball is good. Rose rotation. Justin Turner. I haven't listened yet. I'm really excited to because him and Rosie go back. So that's got to be good. And everything else on John Boy Media. Check it out. I love you. Let's have a great, let's have a bang up week. Bangers and mash. London game. Make it. Love. Ball and Play 2 presented by DraftKings is underway. Head over to our Warehouse Games channel to see all the action from Ball and Play. Get some skin in the game and download the DraftKings app right now. Don't forget to use our promo code WAREHOUSE. That's promo code WAREHOUSE only at DraftKings Sportsbook. The crown is yours.